Today on Sea Bond Demand, we talk with Deputy Sheriff Frank Harris about his commitment to the community and bridging the gap between law enforcement and the people we serve. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I think what caught our attention was a video that you posted on your social media of you out on the protest line. Up, huh, nigga? You fired up, huh? Yeah, you fired up, huh? Yeah, I see you okay. That's nigga think your heart is shit, huh? I'm right here waiting for you, nigga. I'm right here waiting for you. I want you to touch me. I want you to touch me, nigga. This nigga think he real smooth. Yeah, go ahead and nod your head. Yeah, you ready. You real ready, uh-huh. At the end of the day, Officer Harris, remember you ain't shit and you're another nigga on the street. Exactly, you take that uniform off and that badge, you still black man, they gonna look at you the same. Mm, this nigga. This is sad. Sad as shit. You think you hard you as shit. You think mommy's proud? Mommy raised a bitch and she disowned her ass nigga, Bullshit. This nigga Get some Carmax. I'm tired of seeing you lick your lips. Da, yeah, get some Carmax, Jesse ass nigga. Let me go get on your homie. Tell us a little bit about what was happening in that moment and how you felt. The video was a protest that was happening in the city of Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, it was probably approximately 300 people out there and it had become disruptive. Uh, people were throwing items at cars and jumping on type of vehicles. They were jumping on a school bus and blocking traffic. And so we had went there as the mobile field force to just kind of prevent uh, further damage to you know businesses or to like vehicles and stuff like that. And that's when we were kind of approached by the crowd. I saw some footage from that same protest. And I think what stuck out at me was that the insults that were being hurled at our deputies of color seemed to be the, the worst. Um, words, you know, I was taught never to say in my life. How did that, um, how did that feel? You know, at the time in the moment, you know, I'm working, got my professional face on and stuff like that. And so initially it didn't really phase me too much. Um, to be honest, in my career being a black officer, uh, I get insults like that all the time. It's it's actually pretty normal. So at the time, it, it didn't really like uh, affect me right then and there. But like going back and seeing the video um, and watching it with sending it to some friends and family, that's when it really kind of hit me, and it just just really just made me sad, you know, because I had gotten into law enforcement because I believed that there was a lack in diversity, and I kind of wanted to be out there in law enforcement to, you know, be you know, a voice or a helping hand to, you know, young black males when I see them out there in the field. You and I spoke a little bit before this, and one of the things that you said that resonated with me was you said, you know, aren't I one of the reasons you're out here? You know, your life, right? Talk to me a little bit about that irony for you. You know, the protesters were out there because, uh, you know, social injustice and inequality and stuff like that, which, you know, I'm all for that, for, you know, getting, you know, diversity in law enforcement, bridging the gap with the community. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, I felt compelled to be to get into law enforcement, you know, so just kind of seeing them draw that line, but then attack me with the same insults, you know, with it's like, I'm out here, you know, they were saying they're out there for me. It's like, well, I'm here wearing this uniform for you. Right. You know, so when, you know, you go out and talk to someone, you could see someone that maybe you could resonate with or feel comfortable with. And, you know, I understand your culture, what you're going through, and we, and we could talk. 
you know, and so that was just kind of just the irony that just kind of got to me that you're going to attack me basically for my race and for my profession that I had chosen to do. There's so much in that. Um, one is the recruiting and the hiring of diverse police forces, you know, um, sheriff's departments getting people that look like the communities they serve i know that when i was on the department that was just a huge focus of our talks and interactions with the community do you worry that this this time we're living in right now will affect that moving forward i don't um i feel with people coming out and speaking uh specifically people of color in law enforcement that it'll resonate with people who maybe are on the fence against law enforcement or maybe you know they want to become an officer one day they'll kind of just get that kick in their brain that like hey like maybe i could be the change maybe i could you know help or provide or give give whatever i can you know and so i've i've just seen that since i've my short eight years in the sheriff's department of just how diverse the department has become. So I don't, I don't think that at all. I know you talked about bridging that gap and you being that voice or that face even, you know, just upon first contact that maybe somebody would feel more comfortable with because they can relate to you. How do you, what do you feel is your responsibility in this moment in history to to help bridge that gap, or do you feel a responsibility? I do feel a responsibility, and my responsibility, I feel, is just to just let people know, one, you know, what it's like for me being a black male as a law enforcement, and then also just things that I could do, you know, just go and just talking to people, my confrontations with, uh, you know, speaking with people out in the field, and just going to them and, and speaking to them, making them feel comfortable speaking with law enforcement. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? I know you said you wanted to be that diverse face or you wanted to make a difference from the from the profession. Tell us a little bit more about that. So my uh, background uh, in my family, there's no, there were no law enforcement people or people involved in law enforcement uh, growing up. Um, I was uh, Abandoned by my mother at birth, who was uh, addicted to crack cocaine for 15 years, uh, but she's clean now. And my father, unfortunately, wasn't able to take on the responsibility of not only being a parent, but being a single parent. And so I was adopted by my grandmother and my dad's sister and lived with them a uh, majority of my life. And in my family, you know, a lot of them were involved in gangs or sales of drugs, uh, prostitution, and, you know, different criminal acts. And so growing up, you know, there was always a negative portrayal of law enforcement in the family. And it kind of took me growing older and into my teenage years to kind of see why they felt that, that way towards law enforcement. But uh, I got more interest in law enforcement, one, because I just didn't want to be a part of that criminal lifestyle that a lot of my family members were involved in. And some of my family members, one of my family members who was incarcerated, he's been incarcerated since he was 18 wow. for uh, over 20 years now. And he had, you know, didn't want me to go down the path that he went down. And he was telling me, hey, you, you know, you need to be better. You know, and he told me to think about becoming a police officer. What an unlikely place to yeah. get that push, right? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, when me and my grandmother moved to Hemet, I had attended Hemet Family Baptist Church, and one of my Sunday school leaders, Jeff Penny, he was a lieutenant for Hemet Police Department, and uh, he 
really was a huge influence not only for me but several of my friends uh, and he was a huge part of you know helping young black males whether get to the next level in their football careers or stuff like that or getting them introduced into law enforcement and um, after Jeff had uh, passed away uh, my next Sunday school leader Ralph Victorio he uh, to this day has been a huge influence for me he took me on a ride-along that I'll never forget and after that day I said I don't want to go anymore to ride-alongs I don't want to know anything else this is what I want to do I want to be a deputy sheriff with this time that we're going through with the increased scrutiny on law enforcement with the increased um, awareness that we all have on how we're supposed to treat people have you found any fallout with family or friends has any of that affected your personal life it has, you know, unfortunately, you know, with social media, you know, a lot of people put their feelings out there and stuff like that. And even to the beginning, when I first became a deputy sheriff, I had lost a lot of friend relationships and even family relationships. And with the uh, recent events, you know, people, you know, posting about their, you know, feelings towards law enforcement, you know, it has affected it. And for the most part, I've try to you know listen to their hurt and their feelings but at the same time like explain to them that you know officers don't go out there you know wanting to kill black people you know what the a lot of stuff the media portrays it's not like that you know the the job is is not what a lot of people make it out to be you know and so i'll just kind of just explain to them you know certain situations of why what happened and how an officer usually their mindset going into certain situations and you haven't seen uh law enforcement agencies try and defend you know the acts of the officer in minneapolis and a lot of agencies you know, which is unusual for them to speak of other agencies' investigations. But law enforcement agencies have came out and said it was a criminal act and it was wrong, which it was. And so people who have tried to draw that line between black people, the black community, and law enforcement, it's it's kind of wrong because there is no line. We're all on the same side in, in what happened, and we just need to just kind of just talk about it, make sure that it doesn't happen here, and just grow together as a community. None of us thought this was okay. This was, it seemed like this could have been the event where we all came together, came together. And yet it's still, it's still exploded. And, you know, I don't say that to to take away from the emotions or anything. I, I can't even imagine, but it just seemed like we were all on the same page. So for it to be so divisive or so divided right now, it just seems so sad, really. What can we do better as a profession? What do you think we can do better as a profession? Just some things that I feel kind of just passionate about is just I feel that law enforcement as a whole is what I've seen, at least in Southern California and in my experience, that it's it's moving more towards de-escalation, you know, and communication. I know with the Sheriff's Department, we have to do our tactical communication training all the time. Um, but just more community outreach, you know, community policing, it's proven to work so that, you know, people could not just see us on, you know, uh, YouTube or, you know, World Star in like a, you know, lethal force encounter or, you know, we're cops fighting, but they actually see our face and actually talk to us and, and get to know us. So there's this movement, right, to like dismantle or defund. Basically, they're trying to take policing out of the 
fabric of society, it seems like. Um, how, what kind of, from your background and also from your professional you know, experience, what kind of a, uh, what kind of a consequence would that have on communities? Oh, it'd be terrible. I mean, you know, if anything, you need to fund law enforcement more for the trainings for, you know, community projects and stuff like that. But defunding it, it's only going to just unfortunately hurt people in the black community and poor communities as a whole, because now you're making response times that much worse, you know, not being available to resources. And unfortunately, people fall victimized to a lot of just gangs and and just violence that will just increase and just run rapid throughout you know communities that need law enforcement presence do you have any closing thoughts for us for just the protesters you know and just for people as a whole that you know don't be one-sided just for all of us to just listen to one another you know we're not going to all agree but you should still, as a human being, just listen to each other and their feelings and stuff like that. And whether we have to agree to disagree or if we could just kind of just come to some type of rationale together to just grow and just be better, you know, um, there doesn't need to be sides. There's only one side and that we just need to just listen to one another and just grow together. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me.